The woods seem to be an endless reservoir of horror stories and unsolved mysteries. Welcome back to the swamp my friends and welcome if you're new. Today I'm going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true horror stories from the deep woods sent in by viewers just like you. As per usual, if you have a story that you would like to share, whether it's from the outdoors or somewhere else, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp. I would love to share your story with everyone here in the swamp. Be sure to smack that like button. Be sure to subscribe if you're new, it helps the channel grow. And get ready for these creepy and downright strange deep woods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. Walking Late at Night by Ghost X1717. I'm a male from Ohio, and about a year ago I snuck out of my trailer window to meet up with a girl. Mind you, it was around 9 or 10.30 in November, so it was freezing, to say the least. I was wearing a thick hoodie and vans. The shoes are important because I live on a state route, and there are no sidewalks since the area I live in is in the middle of the woods. So as I walked the two and a half miles using only my phone flashlight to guide my way, my shoes made loud stepping sounds against the asphalt. So I make it halfway to the girl's house, and it's around 11.44 at this point. I check the time to ensure she was waiting for me when I arrived. I'm halfway there, and I reach a straight section of the road, and then lean to a right. Now, mind you, I have walked this stretch of road hundreds of times and as I walked I noticed something was off. This particular stretch only takes about 3 minutes to walk before you make that turn. But this night, the trees seemed to lean in from both sides of the road. This didn't bother me much as your eyes tend to play tricks on you in the dark. But as I checked the time I noticed the straight took much longer than expected. I kid you not, I was walking this stretch for 15 minutes before making the turn. This whole time, I have a sinister vibe during these 15 minutes. It felt as if I was looping to the beginning of that straight part of the road multiple times. Once I get to the girl's house, we hang out for about two hours, and then I leave. I noticed it took me far less time to get to her particular road than it took me to get there. However, I look at my battery and my phone is nearly dead. It's 1am, and no one is driving down the road this late at night. So, once I make it about halfway to my house, my phone finally dies. I'm now left in the dark on a road that is stuck in the middle of nowhere, Ohio. Now this is where some strange things come into play. I'm walking in the dark, passing a clearing in the woods that borders my road. When I walk past, I hear branches and bushes moving around. Now initially, I thought this wasn't a big deal. There are deer, foxes, coyotes, and other wild animals, of course. But I stop and listen and hear a bone-chilling sound. I can only describe it as the mix of a deer screaming and a goat bleeding mixed in with a human-like groan. It was loud and sounded only about a hundred yards away from me. I can't see very well. I'm actually legally blind, so I never really saw this thing, but it suddenly charged after me. I heard rapid footsteps rushing through cracked branches and the bleeding, screaming sound getting louder and more aggressive. What stumped me was I only heard two pairs of feet running after me, so I booked it. And keep in mind, I'm incredibly fast. So when I took off, I was a good ways away. Once I heard this thing get on the road, still screaming at me, still running, I could stay ahead and outran this thing most of the way back home. I managed to get far enough to stop and catch my breath, and this thing was very far behind me, but I could still distinctly hear it. It sounded pissed off. I managed to sneak back in and never left in the night again. 
but what stuck with me most was that area that this took place in was allegedly a Native American burial ground, and I think a wendigo may have chased me that night. Nearly Murdered in the Woods by Jazzy One night, my 51-year-old grandpa was visiting with us and started to head home. He lives in the same neighborhood, so it was normal for him to call us often. It's important to note that he always stays out from 8pm to 9pm. He's very cautious. Once he got home, a friend from high school named Terry called him. Terry wanted to go night fishing. But as I said, he is pretty against staying out very late, so he politely declined the offer. Terry didn't listen to him and kept pushing the idea though. Finally, my grandpa agreed. He had been drinking that night, so he had Terry come pick him up. They also went out, got their other friend Will to join them as well. They headed to the lake in a forest with flashlights and a small boat. They had a couple of beers and laughs before getting to the ship and heading to the water. They got a little far out before something unexpected happened. Terry pulled out a gun. Hey man, what are you doing with that? We're fishing, my grandpa said. Well, I could easily kill you both, Terry said. My grandpa and Will began to fear for their lives when he said that. After that, Terry began to get angry. He started ranting to them about how hard his life had been these past few months. You don't know what kind of hell I've been through these past few months, man, he yelled. He seemed to keep repeating that over and over before shooting into the air repeatedly, angrily screaming while he did. In this process, in some weird stroke of luck, he somehow shot a hole into the boat and it began to fill with water. They grabbed the paddles and started trying to get to shore. They weren't that far from shore, so they arrived fairly quickly. My grandpa made an excuse to pee in the woods while Terry continued shooting in the air and Will just stood there scared, trying to calm him down. My grandpa began walking into the woods, and when he was far enough, he broke out into an all-out sprint. Keep in mind that it was nighttime, so it was pitch black because he had left his flashlight on the boat. He ran far and fast, trying to make it to civilization. He tried calling my great-grandma to see if she could come pick him up. Unfortunately, being out in the middle of nowhere, far out in the woods, my grandpa did not get very much service. Eventually, he was able to get just enough service to get a call through to my great-grandma, and she picked him up on the road. This was just a couple of nights ago, and my grandpa has not heard from Will or Terry since. Even when my grandpa was on the road, he could still hear Terry yelling and shooting his gun in the air. He fears Will could have gotten hurt or even killed, and he wishes he would have stayed and got Will to run with him, but my grandpa has always promised that he will never do anything with Terry again. My House in the Woods by Jason S. Back in 2013, I was visiting my cousins at their house in the small town of Buena Vista, Virginia. I would go there fairly often as it was only two hours away from my own house. This wasn't your average house though. It was on a 50-acre plantation built in 1742. All around the house were flat fields followed by dense sections of woods at the foot of the Blue Ridge Mountains. You can hike up from the backyard to the Appalachian Trail, which I often did. Because of how old the house was, it came with a big book telling its story. Lots of history there, but I'll let you know about one thing that happened there in particular. During the Civil War, right past the woodline, a local militia got into a 45-minute skirmish with Iroquois Native Americans from Delaware traveling through the area. 
As a result, 17 natives and 8 militiamen were killed in that backyard. If you want to know more, look up the Balcony Downs Massacre. You'll understand why this is relevant in just a few minutes. I was sleeping in my cousin's room with whom I am very close. She was asleep in another room that night with my younger sister. Her room was the slave room. This was a very old plantation home and at one time they unfortunately owned slaves. The room is square and it's the only room between the bottom and top floor. There was a small wooden spiral staircase going up into the room in the corner across from where I was sleeping and in front of the bed was a three or four step staircase going to the top floor. Her bed was in the back right corner if you were standing on those stairs and the spiral staircase was in the tight left corner about 10 feet over. I was 12 years old at the time so I always saw things that looked like figures and they always ended up being a towel or something different. Finally, because of my previous experiences, I turned my flashlight on, and what I saw made my heart drop. I saw what looked like a little Native American girl, in a long dress, with very long, straight black hair. She was standing there, not moving, just observing me. This scared me so bad, I just hid under my covers, too terrified to yell for anyone. I was afraid doing so would anger her or something. I remember looking up what to do if you see a ghost while under blankets. I was petrified. There was no other way to put it. I don't think I've ever been so afraid in my entire life. After about an hour, I eventually did fall asleep from exhaustion, but only for a little while. When I awoke again, I decided to peep out of my covers and check again. And there she was, in the same place still staring at me. I then took a picture of her, but my phone screen showed no one or anything in that spot. This confirmed to me that she had to be a spirit. I hid under my covers until morning. She was gone once the sun appeared. I talked to my cousin shortly after, saying I saw a ghost in her room. She then asked which one I had seen, describing the exact girl to me, and then she described a tall black figure who stood at the foot of her bed. She told me that most nights she sees them, but I was the first to see one other than her. I asked why she didn't move rooms and why she stayed there. And she did eventually, but she said that she'd just gotten used to it. I asked her about this over Snapchat the other day, and she said, yeah, that house is definitely off and I'm never going back there again. Today's episode is sponsored by our good friends over at HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. The holidays are just around the corner, and HelloFresh makes this busy time of year easier than ever with chef-crafted recipes and pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your door so you can spend less time meal planning and prepping. Save money on dinner with HelloFresh and put it towards your holiday day shopping. As your calendar starts to fill up this season, you can count on HelloFresh to get you some of your free time back by making cooking simple and quick. So join me and many others in the swamp. Go to HelloFresh.com swamped65 and use code swamped65 for 65% off plus free shipping. Go to HelloFresh.com swamped65 and use code swamped65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I think I may have hunted a Bigfoot by Anonymous. This happened when I was a lot younger. I think I was about 20 and back then I would often go into the mountains to hunt. 
By the time night fell, I would set up in a small clearing. I was adding more wood to the fire, and resting at the entrance of my tent was my hunting rifle. I had just reloaded it and cleaned it. I got up to gather some more wood when I heard a noise behind me. I turned around to face the sound, and I saw that my rifle was now missing. A shadowy figure was running towards the trees with something long in its hands. I knew that it must be my rifle. I gave chase, but there was too much distance between us. The shadowy figure slipped into the darkness of the forest. I have no idea why I chased him since he did have a gun, and I did not. The guy was dressed entirely in black and whatever he was wearing looked like fur. For a moment, I thought that it might even be a human. The way it was running was kind of odd though. It kind of leaned forward with its arms seeming to be a little long. Whatever it was, it looked like it had lived out here in the mountains. It looked feral and far too big. I had no choice but to run back to my campsite. I felt incredibly uneasy. There were lots of my possessions lying around. He could have taken anything of value, but he didn't. He just took the gun. While I thought about that fact, a chill raced up my spine. I didn't know how much danger I was in at the time, and I was alone in the woods at night. There was a pitch black darkness all around me. Clouds had covered up the moon. There was no way that I was going to be able to sleep that night. I decided to extinguish the campfire. I didn't want to remind this guy of my location. I planned on getting out of the woods as soon as the sun began to rise. I didn't want to be out there walking around in the dark. I grabbed my hatchet, kept it in my hand, and waited for the morning to arrive. Thankfully, the night was uneventful and I was safe. At the first sight of morning, I quickly packed up all of my things and started back down the mountain. While I was heading down through the woods, I heard the explosive sound of splintering wood nearby. I saw a bullet hole in a dry tree trunk just a few inches away from me. I immediately thought about my missing gun and the events of last night. I got my head down low and just ran as fast as I could in a zigzagging motion. Like most people do, I had never had any experience running from a shooter like this, so I just hoped that this would slow them down or make me slightly harder to hit. I guess I was doing my best to imitate the prey I hunt when they run. I could hear the popping sound of my rifle echoing from behind me and the whizzing sounds of bullets flying through the trees. Honestly, I have never been so terrified in my life. Fortunately for me, the shooter wasn't very good at aiming. While running as fast as I could, I counted the number of shots which were coming my way. When it reached the number of bullets that I had loaded into the magazine, I basically collapsed on the forest ground. He should be out of bullets. The tension was unbearable. All I could hear was my own labored breaths. Then I silenced myself as an alarming thought crept into my mind. What if he was reloading? What if he had another weapon? I was exhausted, but I knew I couldn't take any risk. I needed to run again. Just as I was getting to my feet, I heard something heavy land next to me. It was my rifle. I looked at the barrel and it was bent. I just ran and hoped for the best. I managed to make it down the mountain and back to civilization. I haven't been hunting since. I totally fell out of love with it. I Discovered Something Horrific in the Forest by Creepy Texan Hello Swamp Dweller, my name is Garrett, and I'm going to share with you and the people of the swamp the time my good friend Robert and I encountered something very frightening in our local forest. It has been almost three years since it occurred, 
and I still wonder how I'm still alive to tell the tale. Anyway, here it goes. It all started on a fantastic October evening in Texas. My friend Robert and I were wondering how to spend this evening on a Saturday night. So, being the thrill-seekers we were, we decided to go on a walk in our local forest and do some urbex exploring since there were some abandoned buildings in that area. I'm not sure of the history behind these buildings, but apparently they were a part of some sort of old settlement from the mid-late 1800s that was mysteriously abandoned in the 1920s. I have tried to ask more about the history from people in our small town, but for some reason they refused to talk about it. Additionally, they warned all the other teenagers and myself to not go into that forest at night. But of course, being the cocky young teenagers we were, Robert ignored that warning and explored the buildings. Once we all got our stuff packed in our backpacks, including my newly gifted camcorder, we set out for the forest at about 6.45pm and got there at about 7 o'clock, so the sun was pretty much gone at this point. Once we got there, the parking lot only contained one other vehicle, a Ford Expedition. This seemed a bit odd as it was nightfall, yet there were still some hikers out and about in the park. Not that it was strange for us to be there so late in the day, but... I just shrugged it off quickly and started recording on my camera once we began our 30-minute hike to the abandoned buildings. The walk went entirely normal for the most part until we got about 10 minutes away from the settlement. It started with the crickets and other animals going quiet all around us, which I know means a predator is normally nearby. I am somewhat of an avid hunter, so I guess I would know this, as well as listening to horror stories on YouTube. Robert and I were on edge, but we refused to turn back. Instead, we slowed down our pace and minimized the number of times we would use our flashlights since we did not want to give away our position so easily. Eventually, we made it to our destination with no further interruptions. In front of us, we were greeted by a building that seemed to resemble an old church with what appeared to be tiny houses and maybe a couple of stores surrounding it. Of course, the buildings were so old and ran down that it was honestly hard to tell what they could have been. Strangely enough, the church appeared to be in the middle of the settlement. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but if you see an abandoned town with an old, creepy church, chances are some terrible crap is going to go down. Robert and I agreed that we should probably check the buildings to make sure there are no squatters or anything. We wanted to save the church for last anyway because it was the most uneasy. We spent about 30 to 45 minutes exploring the different buildings with no interest other than some cryptic messages engraved in the wood of the building, which read out like, We must leave before it's too late and they always watch. Now, if the town's eerie atmosphere wasn't enough to freak me and Robert out, the creepy silence that seemed to follow us around definitely was enough to make us crap ourselves especially with the previous settlement history. Could this be connected to the town's abandonment? What were they so afraid of? There were so many questions that needed answers. I had to keep going. After exploring the last building before the church, we took maybe 10 breaths each before entering the church. Upon entering the church, it immediately made us gag with the smell of what I can only describe as pure death. And it seemed to be coming from the room below the building. A basement? That's what I could only assume. A trap door followed by a ladder led down to a secret room, and as we made our way down, that horrible smell seemed to get even more robust. We even had to use our jackets as like makeshift gas masks. Once we all got down, we were met with a vast catacomb-like room with some sort of object in the center, illuminated by a dim candle hanging from a ceiling. 
Me and Robert were very reluctantly making our way toward the thing with my camera still recording to discover that it was half of a person's bloody body. A female that seemed to be in her mid to late twenties, very possibly a young urban explorer like Robert and myself. We both threw up upon seeing this gruesome sight. It was worth mentioning too that while we were down there, we never used our tack lights to see what we were surrounded by, so we both opened up our lights. I almost fainted on sight when we saw that there was maybe 20 horrifying looking humanoid creatures surrounding us. They were probably no taller than us. They were naked, skinny with long, thin, and wiry hair coming down from their chest. Their eyes were black as night, and their gaping mouths were dripping with blood. Their fingernails looked like they were overgrown and shaped like steak knives. They resembled the clown from Saw, except without the makeup. The hair was much thinner, and once they all knew we saw them, they all in unison gave this deathly shriek, a shriek that I believe could be heard in any nightmare. I didn't even know a living thing on this planet could produce that noise until this very moment. But then Robert yelled at the top of his lungs. Run! As we both climbed up the ladder in record time, it was an absolute miracle that not me or Robert got dragged down by those horrific creatures. We made it to the church as fast as we could and slammed the door behind us. With the screaming still being heard, we took a minute to catch our breaths as we discovered, with our lights, probably 50 different eyes coming from all the buildings we had previously explored. Upon seeing this, we bolted out of the entire settlement. I dropped my camera behind me in the process. I know, cliche, but I didn't realize this until many, many minutes. In about 10 to 15 minutes, we made it back to my truck with the Ford Expedition still there. We could now safely recollect and calm down from our horrific experience. We then concluded that the car belonged to the girl killed by those things under the church. It was a miracle that we made it out, but unfortunately she didn't, and my heart goes out to her family. The next day, we led police to the location and they found her body right where we saw it. Only this time, those creatures were not there. She was eventually identified as 26-year-old woman, Chloe Bex. We tried telling the police our story, but they did not buy it. Except for one, Sheriff Walker, a 60-year-old native of our small town. During the investigation on the site, he came up to me and Robert and said, Now you know why we tell you not to go into the forest at night. Thanks for listening to these creepy and downright strange deep woods horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. If you enjoyed these stories, be sure to backhand that like button as it helps me out a ton. If you're new to the swamp, be sure to subscribe so it helps us grow. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcast or Spotify, please give us a 5-star rating over there as it very much helps me on those platforms. I'd love to know in the comments down below what your favorite story tonight was. I have to say that that last story might be mine, and there's just something about urban exploring in the middle of the woods and finding a dead body that really just freaks me out. You never know what you'll find when you're doing those types of things. If you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, whether it's from the outdoors or something different, please be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or on reddit at r slash thedarkswamp as it helps the channel grow and keep putting out new videos every single day for you.